ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم <coughs> Continue reading from the book Tafsir al-Nasik Bi-Ahkami al-Manasik The 10th class, class number 10 Before below, Shaykh al-Allam al-Muhaddid Al-Muhsin Al-Hamad al-Abdad al-Badr Hafidhahu Allah Rafa'a lahu Wali-Walidayhi Wal-Muslimin Wal-Muslimat قال والتمتع هو أن يحرم بالعمر من الميقات في أشهر الحج. الشيخ ناو since he mentioned before this term تمتع because we can perform حج as متمتع قارن or مفرد by the way of تمتع قران or إفراد. now he's going to explain what is تمتع. Says Tamatur is that a person perform Umrah. And of course by getting in a state of ihram from the Miqat. But in the month of Hajj, it has to be in Shawwal and Al Qadah and of course before uh, the tenth of the Hajj, before the Fajr of the tenth, because as you, if you remember, if somebody miss Arafat, has no Hajj. If somebody miss Arafah, has no Hajj. And Arafah is on the ninth, and that time expands until Fajr of the tenth. If anybody make it before Fajr to Arafat, he is considered from those who they made it to Arafah. But if Fajr comes in of the 10th, of the day of the Eid, and that person didn't make it yet to Arafah, that person has no Hajj. So now the Shaykh says, Tamattu'a, what is Tamattu'a? Is that when a person go, of course they go to Mecca to perform Hajj, but they go early, whether in Shawwal, the Qa'dah, the beginning of the Hijjah. So they engage in a state of Ihram from the Miqat, from their Miqat. They come in through. And that person make Tawaf, and they make it to Mecca, to Masjid al-Haram. They make the Tawaf, and they make the Sa'i. And then that person, if it's a man, they shave, which is better, the entire head, or trim it, the entire head. As for the woman, they take only a little bit from their braid. Qayda anmula, like the tip of the finger, that's all the women take. The women do not shave and they don't trim or clip their heads. No. They if they have braid, it's okay. If they don't, they bring their hair together and take a little bit like the tip of the finger. Once this person did this, 
Let's say they can come out of ihram. Everything that was not permissible for them in the state of ihram become permissible for them now. They can put perfume on and this and that and that. Okay? Then on the day of uh, the 8th of the Hijjah, when the Hajj began, that person, same person, engaged in the state of ihram again. Okay? Let's say somebody made it on 10 days before the 8th of the Hijjah. And he finished that Umrah. MashaAllah, that 10 days, they enjoy themselves. They, they wear their regular clothing. They're regular people. And they pray, alhamdulillah, and they do a lot of good, a lot of righteous actions. And on the 8th of the Hijjah, they do it again. Whenever they are, they don't have to go to Miqat. In Mecca, they are right there in a hotel where they add, for example, or they stay in with somebody. They do the same thing. It's recommended for them to take a shower and this and that and put on the clothing of the haram and say that bake Allahumma hajj. And that person do the hajj, but this person has to slaughter an animal, a shat, a sheep. And that sheep that they slaughter on the Eid day, it is not the slaughter for Eid Adha, it is for hajj tamatta. Okay? Or he may have a share with six other people in a cow or a camel. Okay? So no share in a sheep. A sheep for a person. But he may have the seventh. That person and six others share in one cow or in one seven or one camel. So one, ca- one camel and one cow make for seven people. But a sheep is only for one person, not seven people sharing one sheep. If a person chooses to make tamattu, hajj tamattu, but they didn't have the money to slaughter, okay, then they fast ten days instead. Three days in the hajj and seven when they come back home. Three days in the hajj. Preferably not the 11th, 12th, and 13th. Unless the ulama, they said that's the only days that that person have in hajj. Like someone lost his money, for example. He was planning to, on the eighth day, to go and buy a lamb and, and slaughter it. That night, lost his money or something. And then on the 15th, he has to go back home. So that person, he fast the 11th, 12th, and 13th. Okay, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 196 So whoever performed the Hajj Tamattu they perform in Umrah and then wait for the Hajj to begin and make Ihram with Hajj that person should slaughter the Hadi فَمَنْ لَمْ يَجِدْ فَصِيَامُ ثَلَاثَةِ أَيَّامٍ فِي الْحَجِّ وَسَبْعَةٍ إِذَا رَجَعْتُمْ تِلْكَ عَشَرَةٌ كَامِلَةٌ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ لَمْ يَكُنْ أَهْلُهُ حَاضِرُ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ Allah SWT says, But whoever cannot afford to slaughter, then that person fasts three days in Hajj, and seven when you go back home. And that will make ten days, three and seven. So three in the Hajj, and seven when that person go back home. 
This is for those people who are not from the residents of Mecca. This applies on the people, the non-residents of Mecca. It does not apply on the people who live in Mecca. The Sheikh says this blood that is spilled, the sheep that you slaughter, or camel, or a cow, it is upon the mutamatta and the qarin too. The one who is doing qiran, he slaughters as well. The mufrid does not. And this is for shukr lillah. This is not an expiation or no. This is to show thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Shaykh says, since in one travel, on one journey, you have combined both Hajj and Umrah. On one journey, Allah has made it easy for you to do Hajj and to do Umrah. Okay? So you thank Allah for that. The Qiran is that a person at the Miqat make his intention to make Hajj and Umrah. So it's not just Umrah, but that person will make say Labbaik Allahumma Umratan wa Hajjan. So when this person who chooses the Qiran upon arriving to the Haram, they make Tawaf and say between Sata and Marwa and they stay on their ihram unlike the mutamatta they come out of ihram no the qarin stays on ihram until the, the day of the Eid that's when the qarin come out of the state of ihram after he uh, sent the the Jamrat uh, al-Aqaba, the throwing of Jamrat al-Aqaba, the throwing of Jamrat al-Aqaba, and the, the slaughter and the shaving of the head. Okay? That's when that person come out of the state of Ihram. That's when that person come out of the state of Ihram. And the Qarin has, uh, has, the same same ruling on mutamatta as related to slaughtering an animal. Well, mufrid, who's the mufrid, the one who chooses to perform hajj, ifrad, as you remember, tamattu, qiran, ifrad. So the one who chooses hajj tamattu, it is called mutamatta. Mutamatta. We have tamattu, hajj tamattu, but the hajj person is mutamatta. Hajj Qiran, the person who chooses this, he's become Qarin. Okay? And we have Hajj Ifrad, but now the person who chooses to do this Hajj in this way, he's called Mufrid. Who is the Mufrid? What do Mufrid do? The Mufrid, likewise, all three of them, they have to engage in the state of Ihram in the Miqat. They all... <coughs> share this. The Mufrid does the same thing that the Qarin do. Same exact thing. The only difference is that the Mufrid, there is no animals to slaughter upon him. The Mufrid is exempt from the Hadith. 
After mentioning these things, these details, the Shaykh mentioned now what are the uh, what is better, what is the best from these three? What is the best from from these three? Is it Tamatur? Is it Quran? Is it Ifrad? Shaykh Hafidahullah he says the best of these three is Tamatur. Is Tamatur. Why? Because he says the, the, the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam when they make Hajj with him and the Prophet made Hajj one time. So many people, a lot of people, thousands and thousands of people, they made Hajj with the Prophet So some of them who at the Miqat they say Allahumma some they say لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ حَجُّ Some they say لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ حَجُّ وَعَمْرَ Okay? So when they arrived to Mecca, the Prophet ﷺ commanded, pay attention to this, he gave an order to everyone who is qarin, okay, or mufrid, and for the qarin, if they didn't bring with them their animals to slaughter, they bring them with them. Okay? That they should switch it to Umrah and become a mutamatti. Okay? And become a mutamatti. So the Prophet said to the companions, those who say, Labbaik Allahumma Umrah, they're doing tamatti, mashallah, they finished the Umrah, they came out of Ihram. But those who came as Mufrid and Qarin, they have to stay on Ihram until the Eid. The Prophet said to those ones, any one of you who did not bring with him the animal from Medina, or wherever he came from, to be slaughtered, he didn't bring him with him, let him switch it to Umrah right now. Meaning, came out of the Ihram. You don't have to wait until you stay on your Ihram until the Eid day. The Shaykh Hafidahullah, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, says, and we know that the Prophet always, always command his Ummah to that which is better for them. The best for them and that which is better for them. He says, since the Prophet who came as Qarin, because the Prophet he performed Hajj as Qiran. But he brought with him the animals for the slaughter. They were coming with him from with him. He brought him with him. Since for that he stays on his ihram. So now when the Prophet told the companions, okay, switch it. Those who come in for Quran, they want to do it like him. He told them, No, 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 switch it to Amr. Said, Alhamdulillah, you finished. Wait until the eight of the Hijjah and start the Hajj. They said, what about you? Allah, we just want to do like you. But you didn't switch it to Umrah. He said to them, if I know what I know now, then, okay, I would, I would, uh, I would not brought with me the, the, the animals. And has it not been the fact that I have 
I brought my hadith with me, the animals to be slaughtered as a hadith, I will certainly do what I commanded you to do. Meaning, come out of my ihram. This is agreed upon by Imam al-Bukhari, well, Imam Muslim from the Hadith of Jabir, radiallahu anhu. وَذَهَبَ بَعْدُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ إِلَى وُجُوبِ التَّمَتُّعِ Then the Shaykh, he mentioned some details. He said, some of the people of knowledge, they says, actually, based on this, they said that it is obligatory upon every Muslim to perform Hajj Tamattu'i, that's it. The Jamhur, the majority of the scholars, he says, no, it is better, but it is not an obligation. Okay? It is the best, but it's not the only one that the Muslims should perform. Why? Because they say, because the Khulafa al-Rashidun, Abu Bakr, Umar, and Uthman, radiallahu anhum, all three of them, they used to do ifrad. They used to do ifrad. Meaning only hajj, we know umrah. Okay? And the ulama, they mentioned the reason why, because Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman, they want the people to continue to visit the house of Allah. So they used to do it ifrad so that the people will come in the same year to for a umrah. <coughs> but if a people, they just do tamattu, or they make hajj and umrah on one trip, so that's it. Okay, that's the reason. So Shaykh says, if these noble companions, and they are khulafa al-rashidun, if they understood that the, the Prophet ﷺ, when he commanded the companions to switch, to switch their, their hajj to the umrah at that time, okay, the, the intention, if, if he was obligatory, they would not leave it for something else. They would not leave Tamattu'a for Ifran. <coughs> also, the Shaykh says, he mentioned another hadith that is in Sahih Muslim, that mentioned that these three ways of performing Hajj, these three Nusuk, Tamattu', Qiran, Ifrad, they stand. And it's permissible for Muslims to choose one of them. It's the Hadith of Sahih Muslim, Hadith number 3030, 3030. The Messenger of Allah informed us about the Ihlal of Isa alayhi salam. When Isa alayhi salam, Isa descend towards the end of the time from the heavens and he will perform Hajj. And the Prophet said that he will perform Hajj one of these three. Okay? Ifrad or Quran or Timit. Now the Shaykh says the Qarin, okay, and the Mufrid, especially the Qarin, if the Qarin brought with him the Hadi or send it from here, from wherever he is, send it, not just bring it with him, send it. They should not come out of Ihram until they slaughter that Hadi. And what is the time to slaughter that Hadi? The Eid cannot be before the Eid. So they stay on their Ihram. 
The Shaykh says, but even though if they do this, they, they make the intention at the Miqat to perform Hajj of Qiran and Ifrad, but if they don't bring the Hadi, it's better for them to switch it to Umrah as the Prophet command the companions. And this is something that some people, they find a hardship. Some people, they, especially those people who come way early to Mecca, they came like two, three weeks before Hajj, before the 8th of the Hijjah, Mufrid, or Qarin, and they didn't send the Hadi, because they didn't bring it with them. Some people come from Europe. They said, we're going to do Qiran, but we're going to buy it in there on the Eid day. Those people, after they finish the Tawaf and this, and of course they come in a group with most of the people do Tamattu, Alhamdulillah, by the way. So those people, they see the people with their group, they come out, I'm pouring perfume, they wearing their own clothing, but then they're still struggling with the ihram, going to fall off here, going to fall over there. And they're like, what's going on? Why you guys? Because some of the people, they just, somebody somewhere, the imam of that masjid, they go to and say, do Quran. That's it. Do ifrad. This is how you do it. So they stay and they have a hardship. Because people are not used, this Rida and Izal, that's what the companion used to wear. But people, they're not used. They're used to buttons and used to zippers and used to pants and, and T-shirts. and So it's difficult for them to eat, but you want to eat. And then sleeve given into the sauce and ah, they like struggle. They're like, what can we do now? So they go to the ulama. The ulama, they tell them, look, if any one of you has sent the hadi, you gotta stay until you slaughter the hadi. If you didn't send the hadi from where you come from, alhamdulillah, you can switch right now. Mashallah, you finished? You did tawaf? You did say? Naam? Okay. You're mutamatta, inshallah. Naam. Another point the Shaykh mentioned, of course, I'm skipping certain things, some details. And I told you the reason why. Because we're trying to finish this, inshallah ta'ala. Now another point, if a, if a man or a woman that they make in hajj, but they accompany a baby or a boy, a boy or girl, it's permissible to accompany young children if you want to. It's difficult. Difficult. We've seen people, subhanAllah, have babies. I mean, like, one month old, two months old. I don't know how they do it. Extremely difficult with all of this crowd and the heat and... Uh, but however, young children, boys or girls, it's permissible for somebody to take them to Hajj. But if they reach the age of discernment, they know what's going on. Alhamdulillah, they themselves say, Labbaik Allahumma Umrah or Labbaik Allahumma Hajj. But if they don't know, they're still young and they don't know, then the, the guardian, whether it be the father or the mother, they make the intention on their behalf. And that Hajj or that Umrah is considered for them as an optional act of worship. Meaning, 
Once they reach the age of puberty, it becomes obligatory upon them, still obligatory upon them to perform the Hajj. Okay? Perform the Hajj. And and whatever the the uh, the uh, things they cannot do, their wali does it on their behalf. Those who cannot walk, for example, they are carried by their parents, and the parents make one tawaf and one sa'i for both of them. It's not like okay, he make one tawaf for himself, and then okay, that was for me. Now this is for my son. No, one tawaf for both. Alhamdulillah. And there was a woman that uh, she was carrying a baby and she said to the Prophet Ali had a hajj? His baby has hajj? He said yes and you're rewarded. He's colloquially Imam Muslim. Now another point, I, I forget to mention the point, it's point number 13. Wait a while, I don't know if you were taking points or not. I forget to mention the point. He says, now this is concerning the woman on their menses. The women on their menses. And also the same ruling on the women who have given birth and they still not clean from the postnatal bleeding. If they pass by the miqat, and they intend Hajj or Umrah, they do the same thing as other people do. Even a woman, she's on her menses, MashaAllah, she gave birth and she still uh, have the blood coming from her. Once they get to the Miqat, they say same thing. They engage in a state of Ihram like other people. And they do everything the other people do except tawaf around the house of Allah. If they make it to the to the to Mecca and they still on their menses, they do not go and make tawaf. They stay where they are on their ihram until they clean and purify. Once the blood stops, the cycle comes to an end, then they take the shower and then they make the, the tawaf. Because of the hadith, the hadith of Jabir, the long hadith, this hadith of Jabir, as we mentioned, this is one of the main narrations that the ulama, they use it as uh, the hadith of Hajj in Hajj. They mention the hadith of Jabir in Sayyid Muslim. In it, he says, فَخَرَجْنَا مَعَهُ حَتَّى أَتَيْنَا دَالْحُلَيْفَةِ He said, Alhamdulillah, we left Medina with the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, meaning the companions, until we reached the Hulayfa. Where is the Hulayfa? Where is it? The Miqat of the people of Medina. Said until we reached the Hulayfa, فَوَلَدَتْ أَسْمَاءُ بِنْتُ عُمَيْسِ مُحَمَّدُ بْنَ أَبِي بَكْرٍ He says, when we get to the uh, Hulayfa, Asma بِنْتُ عُمَيْسِ She gave birth to Muhammad ibn Abi Bakr Sadiq radiallahu anhum. She was pregnant. No, she gave birth at the Miqat. فَأَرْسَلَتْ إِلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ 
So she sent somebody to the messenger of Allah وسلم, asking, well, what should I do now? I was going to make Hajj with you, now I gave birth right here in Dul-Hulayba. What should I do? Keep going with you, go back home, what should I do? Can I make Hajj? Can I not? See, they ask the messenger of Allah Likewise, when things happen, we don't know what we do. Send somebody to the grave of the messenger of Allah like the Sufis do. Sufis, they do that. They send somebody with a letter to the Prophet throw it in his grave. What do we do now? We turn it to the Sunnah and ask the ulama, ask the scholars, those whom Allah command us in the Quran to ask. Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. I want to just point something now. Uh, this is a side point. That if you are in a, in a, in a circle of, of knowledge, that it's better for you, ya akhi, to listen to the class and to be in the class. Don't be busy with reading something else or insha'Allah ta'ala. So that you can be counted from those people who are in the class. Because we know the importance and the virtue of being in the circle of knowledge. As the Prophet ﷺ tells us, Whenever a group of people, they gather in the house of Allah, they study the Qur'an, study the deen, trying to understand amongst them. Look at the great benefits. The angels encircle them. And the Rahmah of Allah descend upon them. And the Sakinah. And Allah mentioned them in a better gathering. Sometimes you find a person in the gathering, but they are doing something else. Now, طيب. So the Prophet ﷺ answered to her, قال لها, Prophet ﷺ said to her, Take a shower, and istadfiri, meaning use protection. Okay, alhamdulillah these days is easy, inshallah, uh, the, the means of protection. And ahrimi, he said to her, and do the same thing, engage in a state of ihram as other people are doing. As other people are doing. Yes, you mean it? Yes, you can comprehend. Allahu Akbar. This is collected by Imam Muslim in his Sahih, hadith number 2950. And also the Shaykh mentioned another, another uh, proof, hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha. The hadith of Aisha, because uh, she came with the messenger of Allah sallallahu in Hajjat al-Wada' in the farewell Hajj. But she has her menses. Okay, her menses came to her when the people made it to Mecca, they made Umrah. She didn't. And her menses remained with her until Hajj began on the 8th of the Hijjah and the people went for Hajj, she went with them. So the Prophet commanded her to do the Hajj with them. Even though she was still her menses and she didn't make the Umrah, she didn't make Tawaf inside, 
But when the Eid of the Hijjah, the Prophet ﷺ commanded her to come with them to perform Hajj, to go Arafat, Muzdalifah and the like. So she became Qarina now, Alhamdulillah. Because she has Umrah and Hajj together. And the Prophet said to her, If Ali ma yaf'al al-Hajj ghayra an la tatufi fi al-Bayt hatta tathuri. Bukhari al-Muslim. And the Prophet said to her, Do everything the people do. Everything that the Hajj do, the pilgrim, I want you to understand this correctly, not whatever the people do these days. People do a lot of crazy things. Here meaning those who are performing Hajj correctly. Meaning perform the Hajj with the people, but the only thing you cannot do is Tawaf until your cycle comes to an end. And you take a ghusl, then you can make Tawaf. The point number 14, the Shaykh mentioned, this is about Aisha radiallahu anha, the incident that happened to Aisha, so that the women will learn from this incident. Okay? So that the women will learn from it. Any woman that finds herself in the same situation of Aisha, as the Shaykh is going to mention later on. Since Aisha radiallahu anha, she didn't make Umrah with the people when they arrived to Mecca. Why? She was in her menses. Why? What that has to do with her not making Umrah? Tawaf, ahsant, because the woman in her menses cannot make Tawaf. And Tawaf is one of what? Huh? Rukun, pillar. Naam. Good, Jazakumullah khair, you're following. So since she didn't make that Umrah, because of the of the of the height, she requested from the Prophet to perform Umrah after Hajj. When they finished the Hajj, she requested to make Umrah. Here the Shaykh mentioned all the details, but the Prophet from those details he said to her, oh, it's okay, you don't need to make another Umrah. Alhamdulillah, you made Hajj, that's enough for you. That tawaf and say you did is for both. She insisted, radiallahu anha. And the ulama, they said, the Prophet was a kind, gentle husband. So he allowed her to make that Umrah. It's not like the Prophet he's the one who said to her, Aisha, you didn't make Umrah? No, you got to go make Umrah. No, it wasn't like that. Actually, she's the one that requested. And the Prophet said to her, you don't have to. It's okay. That tawaf and say that you did the hajj with us is enough for you, for both. She insisted, the Prophet the merciful, the all kind, he sent her brother Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Bakr with her to Tan'im. What is Tan'im? Who remember? Is the hill, is, is, is a point is a place outside, just outside the Haram, the sanctuary of Mecca. Okay? So he said, go with her to a Tan'im. And that's at that place now, uh, they call it Masjid Aisha. There is a Masjid over there, they call it Masjid Aisha. 
Okay. So from there she engaged in a state of ihram for Umrah and she came back to Mecca to the Haram and performed the Umrah. This colleague Imam Bukhari Imam Muslim. Here is the Shaykh he says. Now, if any person who has the same situation with Aisha, person who? Precisely female. Alright, female. If they have the same incident, meaning they have their menses and that menses prevent them from doing what? Performing Umrah until Hajj came in. They made it to Mecca with their group. The group they will make tawaf. She couldn't go make tawaf. MashaAllah, every day she's like, okay. Every day the mens is still there. Sixth day of the Hijjah, the mens is still there. Seventh, the eighth, okay. Still the mens is. People are going to Mina. What she do? She stay like, no, I'm going to stay here until make Umrah. No, she go with the people to Mina. The Shaykh says, if a woman happened to her the same thing that happened to Aisha, and she wishes to make her Umrah, yes, she can. She can. Then the Shaykh says, as for what some of the Hijaz they do, they keep going between Mecca, Haram, and Tan'im, and make so many Umrahs, so this is something should not be done. Because the Prophet when he granted permission to Aisha to do Umrah, what did he do and his companions? They waited for her. They didn't all go and say, okay, you want to do it, let's all do it. No, they waited for her. They waited for her, he says, until she finished the Umrah. And the Prophet he didn't say to other companions, okay, well, since she's going, if anyone wants to do it, since we're just waiting. He didn't do that neither, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Shaykh said, especially keep in mind now those people who keep going and making so many Umrahs, they, they cause a lot of hardship on those people who are coming to perform Umrah. They're the ones that make the crowd. Okay? Uh, for those people who are making uh, Tawaf and Sa'id. And this shaykh, he says, keep in mind that all of the Umrahs, the Prophet make four Umrahs. And one Hajj, the ulama, they mentioned. All of his Umrahs, all of them, he performed them while he entered Mecca. There is not a single Umrah that the Prophet he was in Mecca and left Mecca and came back to make the Umrah. No. Point number 15. That there is pertaining to the clothing of ihram. For man is the izar and the rida. The izar is the bottom one that you cover your your bottom your, the, the bottom part of your body, and the rida is the one you put on your upper part of your body. Okay. And sandals. Okay, so no socks, no hoof, and the like. Shaykh says this, it is recommended that this rida and this izar to be white. Recommended, doesn't have to. They be clean. Now it's permissible for the person to wash them if you want to wash them. 
Because people have some, some ideas. Once you put it on, you cannot work, cannot touch it, and cannot switch it. You cannot uh, exchange it. You cannot wash it, and you see them, they dirty. Their ihram has barbecue sauce, ketchup on it. I don't know. Stinks. Because they don't know. Now, yes, if you get dirty, you can wash it. Or you can, if you have money, alhamdulillah, have another one, you take that off and put the other one and wash that one. Others. Same thing we do, for example, those people who make tomato. There's something I want to mention. It's, it's a hint. It's alhamdulillah something that will help you. And you learn this by experience, by the way. As soon as you finish the Umrah, when you get to Mecca, as soon as you finish the Umrah, <coughs> the first thing you want to do is to make sure you wash the ihram, the clothings of ihram, those izar and them. By taking them to the, to the uh, what do you call it? The cleaners, there's a lot of them in there. And then I take them to the cleaners, or you can wash them by hand by yourself. If you can. Why? Because you need them on the 8th of the Hijjah. Some people, they don't know Masakin. And, uh, and they just come and throw them in a room. And nobody tell them anything. On the 8th of the Hijjah, they tell them, Okay, let's get up. The, oh, he's dirty. What are we going to do? Okay? I just want to share that with you, inshallah. Likewise, if while you're in the state of Ihram, yes, you can take a shower, no problem. You can wash your head and take a, take, take a shower, it's okay, no problem. Because the Prophet actually took a bath when he entered Mecca in Sahih al-Bukhari. Point number 16, the Shaykh says, now, he give us some hikmah and wisdom. This person who is performing hajj, when he come out from his regular clothing and wear that rida and izar, and all the people, they are the same. Look, in the dunya, these people wearing jackets. This jacket, $15. Maybe this one from Salvation Army. $3.50. Maybe he's walking next to a man or in a market, somebody wearing a jacket of $350. Right or wrong? Shoes. Many things. Pants, shirts, T-shirts. But here is all the people, they look the same. All wearing two things. They look the same. You don't know who's the king from the not-not-king. Who is the president and who is not? And who is the rich and who is not? Okay? That's it. They all look the same. They were in the same thing. The Shaykh said this remind you about another situation when the people, they will be the same. Who knows? Before that. Before that, before shrouding, shrouding people, they shrouded in what? White cloth. Everybody, the king and they all shrouded the Muslims. 
they shrouded in white cloth. Okay? So we remember that. So that you can, at that time, you pay attention and prepare yourself for death by doing righteous actions that get you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number 17. The Shaykh said, if someone went to make Hajj and perform Umrah in one of the months of Hajj, Shawwal or Al-Qaeda, for example, but he went back to his to his home. He went to his home and then he went back to make Hajj. He said that person is not making Tamatra. Okay? Because he has interrupted his journey, his travel. Okay? He says this ruling does not apply on some person, for example, who came from Africa, from Europe, America, Asia, and they made Umrah in the months of Hajj, but then they went to Mecca to visit, uh, to Medina, to visit the Masjid of the Prophet before Hajj began. Okay, they went. That's how their group, their group take them to Mecca first for seven days. They make the Umrah Tamatur, but then they tell them, okay, on the 25th of the Qaeda, they're going to spend another week in Medina, then come back. He said that travel to Medina does not interrupt their intention for Tamatur because Medina is not their home. Okay? Even though they have to travel. Some of them go by plane and some they go by bus or otherwise. So now those people who they come back from Medina, they already made Umrah, Tamatur, they went to Medina, he says, now, because once they leave back Medina, go back to Mecca for Hajj, what are they going to do? They're going to pass by what? The Miqat. The Sheikh said it's better for them to engage in the state of Ihram again to perform another Umrah. So these people, they would have advantage to make two Umrahs and Hajj. But still, they have only one heading. Even though they perform two umrahs, but only one head. Then another point, number 18, the Sheikh mentioned, is pertaining to performing Hajj or Umrah on behalf of somebody. There is a condition for that. Yes, it is permissible, the Sheikh says, for someone to perform Hajj on behalf of somebody else or Umrah on behalf of somebody else. But the condition is that, as related to the person who wants to do it, okay? There is conditions for the one that is done for too. But the condition, one condition for the person that is about to do it, this is one. That he should have, should have performed Hajj first for himself and Umrah. If somebody never made Hajj, and his mother died and never made Hajj. He's like, okay, this year I'm going to make Hajj on my own mother. He says, no, you're going to make Hajj first on yourself. Next year, inshallah, you make Hajj on your mother, inshallah. And then the Sheikh, he says, now, he says, keep in mind that it's permissible for a person to make Hajj on behalf of somebody, an Umrah, whether that Hajj for the other person, it is the obligatory Hajj or optional. If a person make a uh, the Sheikh, he says, on behalf of his mother, for example, or father, 
he, the Hajj that they didn't do because they were sick or poor, they died. He can make another Hajj for them as an option if he wants to as well. But the Sheikh, he says now, for those people who are performing Hajj on behalf of others, they should do it not because of money. Some people, they do it as a business. How much you give me, they say, so I can perform Hajj on behalf of Imam. He says, the Sheikh, he says, no. He says, the reason that should actually make that person make the Hajj is, is good, because he wants good for that person. And if it's that person given money because he needs it to make it to Hajj. For example here, somebody don't have money. Some people, alhamdulillah, they're righteous, they're nice people, they have good manners, good aqidah. Somebody may come and say, look, I cannot go make Hajj. On behalf of my mother, would you please do it? On behalf, so he pay. He says, look, I will pay your, the package on you. And I will give you, I'm willing to give you this money. Is it enough for you? Said, more than enough, alhamdulillah. But it shouldn't turn as a business, the Sheikh said, that's, that's not right. You give me this, I make it. You don't give me, I don't make it. No, nah, should not be the way. So what this person do? He just, in his heart, he has the intention in his heart that he's performing Hajj on behalf of that person. Okay? And then at the Miqat, he can say that, لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ حَجَّرْ عَنْ أَبِي أَوْ أُمِّي He can say that. لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ حَجَّرْ on behalf of my father or behalf of my mother. Or so and so, and name that person. It's okay. Because of the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas, that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, the Prophet وسلم, heard a man say, عَنْ <laughs> A man at the Ihram, he says, I'm making, he made talbiyah on behalf of Shubrumah. The Prophet وسلم, he said to him, Hajjta? Did he make Hajj you? He says, No. He said, Perform Hajj on yourself, then next time you perform Hajj on Shubrumah. Who can explain to me, this is the Prophet making only one Hajj. And he asked this man, Hajjta, did you perform Hajj before this year? Somebody know the answer to this question? No. And still, answer is not clear. Okay, that's the homework. Let us continue reading the homework, okay? Try to find it, because there is, there is an answer to it, of course. And it's permissible, as we mentioned before, the Sheikh mentioned, a woman perform Hajj on behalf of a man. Okay? And he mentioned the Hadith of Al-Fadl ibn Abbas, this woman, Khat'amiyyah, from Khat'am, from a tribe called Khat'am, Khat'amiyyah, she performed Hajj on behalf of her father. So here is a woman performing Hajj on behalf of a man. Likewise, it's permissible for a man to perform Hajj on behalf of a woman. For the hadith of Ibn Abbas, that a man came to the Prophet ﷺ, he says, إِنَّ أُخْتِي نَدَرَتْ أَنْ تَحُجُّ وَإِنَّهَا مَاتَتْ He said to the Prophet ﷺ, my, my sister, she has an oath to make Hajj, but she died before to fulfill it. The Prophet ﷺ, he said to him, 
He said, if your sister have a debt, would you pay it? On her behalf, he said, yes. He said, well, this is the debt of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the Sheikh mentioned, and we conclude with this, this class, of course, not the book. Who are the people that is permissible to perform Hajj on their behalf? It's not anybody that comes to you and says, make Hajj on me because I'm busy, I can't leave my business. Or this or that. Now who are these people? He said three, three type of people. Al-Mayyid, somebody who died. Of course, a Muslim. Don't make Hajj on behalf of a Kafir. If somebody died and didn't make Hajj, MashaAllah, you make Hajj on their behalf. Or if you choose to make the optional Hajj, likewise. That's the first one. والهارم الكبير الذي لا يستطيع الركوع. The second one, somebody who is still alive. Father, mother, uncle, grandfather, something. But why? They are old. They are so old they cannot travel. They are still alive and they are so old that they cannot travel. Yes, you can perform Hajj on their behalf. Number three, والمريض مرض لا يرجى برؤه. The third person is the person who has a chronic disease, chronic illness that there is no cure at that moment and cannot travel, that person you can perform Hajj on their behalf as well as for those people that just because they have no money, no, they wait until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and grant them some money inshallah just because they don't have no money and somebody just make Hajj on their behalf, no, they wait okay, because Allah says liman istata'a Perform Hajj for those who have the ability, people they have the ability, they wait, inshallah ta'ala. And last point, it's not from this book, but from Sheikh Al-Taymin and others, that performing Hajj for those who fulfill the conditions of Hajj, okay, they have the age of puberty, the age of puberty they, are, they have the means, not wealthy. You don't have to be wealthy to make Hajj. They have the means to make Hajj. And MashaAllah, the path is secure. They are not sick. These people, they have to make Hajj immediately. Shaykh Muhammad he was asked, for those, Ya Shaykh, that they have the means to make Hajj, can they make Hajj immediately? Or it's okay for them to make it whenever they want? He says, no, it's immediately. So it's very important you find sometimes people, man, they have the wealth, the money, and they've been to Europe so many times, they've been to Paris, to, to Italy, they've been, I don't know where, Safari, Canyon, Kenya, Tanzania, but they didn't make Hajj. Spending all of this money, but they didn't make Hajj. Hajj come first because it is a pillar from the pillars of Islam. Hada wa sallallahu wa sallam ala Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam ala